We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... Hello, welcome to Studio 222 at the ABC in Ultimo. I'm Sarah McDonald. I am honoured and I am terrified (laughs) to be allowed to host Thank God It's Friday. It has been quite a week here. I have been on painkillers for a sore neck. I have been playing Nirvana on the show. I have brought the drugs... And the rock and roll. Our panel will bring the sex appeal. Please welcome them. Angela Lavoie-Pierre, hello. Hello. Tommy Dean. Uh, thank you for suggesting that I'm bringing sex appeal. I've never had that said with my name involved ever. That I'm so voice thrilled. is sexy. It's sad. That voice. Yeah. Come on, Tommy. <laughs> Give us a break. Yeah. And Jim Kitson, come on down. Thank you. Welcome, Sarah. We'll be gentle with you. Please be very, very gentle with me, definitely. I think I'm kind of buffier than Richard, but then again, this is kind of like flying without a net. This is a buffy segment. You'll be fine. We're all, we're looking forward to it with you. All right, good. Let's check you up with this week's news. What shook all day long? Well, as if Melbourne would let us forget, Right. I mean, you couldn't walk uh, more than a metre really without bumping into some sort of social media post talking about their awful, awful earthquake. Are we allowed to joke about it yet? Is it too soon? (laughs) (laughs) How do you think they'll recover? Do you think they will recover? Uh, No, of course, we had had the earthquake and all the attendant jokes about uh, it being, you know, the end of the world. It was quite a week, obviously, for Melbourne, and we don't want to make light of that. Um, But, you know, was the world ending? You know, was it a sign of the apocalypse? Uh, I've I've become, I've had a bit of a fascination with signs of the apocalypse, and I'm aware that, um, you know, earthquakes is on the list, right? But there's other things on the list as well. Um, Some things we've kind of already checked off. Uh, One of the more interesting ones on the list of uh, signs for the apocalypse is the, the men will come out from their hiding places, but they can no longer understand each other, which does sound like a, <laughs> a prediction for late October. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's happening. It sounds like a pretty good description of the Vizzy Vest anti-vaxxers bellowing yeah. at bi- buildings, really. Yeah, it's very difficult to understand when you're bellowing. There was actually one as well, but there's one about uh, all the sea creatures. I think it's the sea creatures that will come onto the earth and they will uh, bellow at the skies. Well, so that hasn't happened. That That's hasn't good. happened. Right. I mean, there's, you yeah. know, there's a little seal at, opera, at the Opera House. He comes out Does and bellows at the sky. <laughs> I don't know. It's really hard to know. There's some pretty intense, one, intense ones. Uh, all men die. The, the earth burns with water. You know, fracking maybe. Hasn't quite happened though, has it? Anyway, look, we've ticked off one this week, which is something. Great. Okay, we're starting well. My first thank God is Friday and we're talking about the apocalypse. <laughs> but I think, I think well, you I have think... to look at it very much like um, it's kind of like wedding anniversaries. You know how there's like ancient wedding anniversary classics and then the updated modern versions. So I, I think some of the modern versions of the apocalypse are what we need to be looking at in these 
you know, we keep going back to the past. Earthquakes are common. I don't know <laughs> if Melbourne knows this, but they happen a lot. What's the modern sign of the, the apocalypse? Twitter going down. Twitter going down. <laughs> uh, I would say uh, the first one that ticked off was uh, Harry Styles going solo. Yes. Yep. <laughs> We were all very distressed about that. Very scary. That was times. very big. Yeah. Uh, previous to that um, was uh, when Nickelback got popular. Oh gosh, yeah. that was a huge sign of the apocalypse coming. Gosh, there have been so many signs, haven't there? It's a wonder the world hasn't quite ended yet. Yeah, and then yeah. When we, we turned it all Abba around. We went from a comeback. We went from network TV to cable TV, which had all the channels, and then we gave up all the channels, and now we pay for all the streaming services, and none of us know how to choose anymore, so we just press the Play Now button, and it's back to <laughs> network TV. So That's a side of the modern so apocalypse. Are, a lot of them are tech-related, it seems. It's all kind well, of, it's modern. I'm trying yeah. to be modern. I'm an ASX <laughs> apocalypse yeah. denier. Yeah. Denier or plier? Yeah, but I, I thought mean, it was funny, uh, you know, at the time of Melbourne, because, uh, by the way, this Melbourne earthquake will be there, Woodstock. Uh, <laughs> Every single person in Victoria will have been affected by it. Claim to have been it. on that one, one place. On I know where I was. Street, yeah. Where were you on the day the earth shook? I'll yeah. tell you what. But I thought it was, uh, and again, you know, you're careful to make fun of these natural disasters, but I thought the Canary Islands responded by saying, uh, look, this is what it really looks like <laughs> when the earth throws up some apocalyptic shit. So just settle down, Melbourne. Calm down. Calm a couple of vases got breaks. broken. They might have been a sign for the angry mob to shut up and get vaxxed, or next time there will be there will be volcanoes. That it could be it, or yeah, maybe the earthquake in all of its anger. <laughs> the earthquake could have been a sign that Melbourne put your money on Melbourne for the grand final tomorrow. <laughs> you know, the best part of the um, earthquake reporting for me was when the Melbourne weather people told us there are no tsunami alerts yet. <laughs> 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 that was a relief. That's wonderful. Like tsunami. Quarter hour maintenance, you know, it's just a way to keep people listening. Be like, watch this space. We might issue a tsunami warning at any moment. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. It's on personal right. level. I had just filled my spa with water. <laughs> I'll tell you what a tsunami was. And some of it spilt over the edge. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's the apocalypse, but not as we know it. I got it. I got it. And what was it? Don't have the purple tablets or something like that if you're in Melbourne. What was the Woodstock thing? Don't have the purple. Wasn't it purple? Uh, or? Yeah, there's some really bad acid going acid, on. Acid, the acid. That was <laughs> yeah. it. Who were the man babies this week? Oh, well, this is what Bill Shorten, yeah, called demonstrators neo-Nazi man babies, which sounds like a retro punk band, <laughs> the neo-Nazi man babies. <laughs> I think I think Man Babies is probably one of the most wonderful, sort of wonderfully obscure insults since Arnold Schwarzenegger called metrosexual sexuals girly men. So it's oh, a very, goodness. I know it's really funny. It's a funny insult, isn't it? I think it's a hilarious that. insult. I think like there was so many insults getting around this week for um, what has to be said was not a, a huge number of neo-Nazis on the street in the end. I think it was kind of jacked up by the unions because it's pretty uh, bad look to admit that you've got workers attacking the office. So I think it was in their interest to kind of be like, oh, these people, these people are drunk. Uh, they're, uh, they're drunk and they're, uh, what else was it? There was, John Kasetka called them uh, I'm trying to remember. It was something 
fascist morons. That's right. It was fascist morons. Um, and it just kind of felt like like we collectively as a nation had some insults backed up. You know, like we we've got we've all got we all know that we've got pretty strong defamation laws here in Australia. Uh, and so, you know, it is hard to get an We're insult. We're not good at insults. It's hard right. to get an insult out publicly anymore. And I think everyone went, well, the neo-Nazis are out. Pretty hard to get sued by a neo-Nazi. Let's call them, let's, let's just babies. let rip. Let's go for it. Right. Well, Kate McClyman on our political forum this week was saying she used to be paid at university $1 to insult someone. And I was thinking, I'd love to be insulted by Kate McClyman. I think she'd do a little <laughs> bit better, right? <laughs> I think man babies, I think Bill means men afraid of getting getting a needle. Yes. And you can oh, add yeah, your own okay. one little prick joke right there. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't really work on these demonstrators because, like, you know, like you just look at them and their whole bodies are like a tattoo tapestry. And if and if most of them are construction workers, uh, the, the, their most common accident is stapling their hands to the framework with a nail gun. So I don't think the whole, <laughs> you know, scared of needle things really works for them. Also, if you're doing like a risk assessment, like a threat assessment personally, like and you've and you've got to measure capsicum spray and like mounted cops against against needles i don't know i know which way i'd be running <laughs> and it also sets up the classic uh you know leave one out of the list jokes you know like when you start stacking them up it makes it easy to dodge them you can just see all those people going hey hey, hey i am not a neo-nazi <laughs> but wait i, I am I willing to wear the man baby <laughs> I mean, to be I've fair. had the man flu. I've had the man baby pants. I'm aware that I am now been told for years to get in touch with my emotions, and I have. <laughs> the neo-Nazi thing is a tad too far, and I'm a little hurt. It's, it's not just about that tiny little needle, though. It's also about the lunchrooms. They were being denied access to their lunchrooms. They were having cold oh, meat the pie pies. warmer. Yeah, the pie warmer. It's huge priority. Well, I mean, there were protests and protests, right? Because before things really kicked off on Monday and then Tuesday and then Wednesday, there was the Friday protest, which received, granted, a little less coverage, but it was barbecue-based. The way that they were protesting, not getting access to their lunchrooms, was going out into the street and having a sausage sizzle on the traffic island, which is my kind of protest. I'd join that <laughs> protest. I'd be there, wouldn't you, Tommy Dean? Well, that seems fair. See, I, I come from a world of stand-up comedy, so I don't really understand how important a break room is. We don't. There's no such thing. Your life is a break room, Tommy. <laughs> In our industry, that's what I mean. I don't. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing people worried about. So no, we have uh, a breakdown room in comedy. Yeah. That's true. I mean, they were in construction. I'm just surprised there's actually a completed building for them to go into. I thought they just had food trucks pull up on the side of the site. I didn't. Don't you have green rooms? And doesn't a lot of exciting stuff happen in the comedian's yeah, green break room? rooms? It's not like some place that you know we demand to have. I mean, the break room green- is the Adelaide. That's right, the green really... room, you would know, Tommy, the green rooms are like, they can be a corridor where everything's stored. You can have one, one couple of seats put at the end, end yeah. of the mop room, like For a green years, room. For years in the old rhino room in Adelaide comedy, the green room, quote unquote, was the gap between the toilet door and the back wall of the stage. <laughs> I think that still is <laughs> the green room. At the, that pretty much still is the green room at the rhino room. Oh, right, memory. wow. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's changed. So, you know, it just lets you know where your place is. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. It was the brown acid on, on uh, in terms of Woodstock, says Chip. It was the brown acid just to Well, that tells me sure. he's not cool or he wouldn't know that. <laughs>
the blue pills and the brown asset. <laughs> it's Thank God It's Friday. Angela Lafrapier is with me. Tommy Dean and Jean Kitson will have some music from Tommy and Manuel very soon. Thank God it's Friday. It's 16 minutes past five on ABC Radio. Sydney, Sarah McDonald filling in for Richard Glover this week. Who this week in the news got to blow bubbles? What a delight. Um, it's a delight. This is, of course, uh, young people. The young people of Australia can once again do what young people do, and that is get together face-to-face and ignore each other while they look at their phones and talk to other friends that aren't there. <laughs> That's the way it was. That's the way it was meant to be. How old are kids? Like, how old are kids when they're getting phone? I don't have kids. How old? Like, when do you give them a phone? What's the like norm? Oh, two. Two. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm running. They get an iPad at two. A phone at what? Four. Yeah. Really? Four. I mean, access to the phone. They don't get their own phone till you know. Well, ours. I suppose it varies family to family. But when they're when they're starting to make their way on their own, and they could use it as an emergency device. So we gave ours to them last week. Did you think about Wow, <laughs> huge change. I have questions about that. But did, did you ever did you think about getting them like a burner? Like a little, you know, Nokia 310 or whatever? Oh, <laughs> like we did that. We did that the first time around. We just got, uh, we did just get burners. And then they all got into the drug trade. So we took those back <laughs> and we got them phones that we could actually track. Yeah. And it solved that problem. Just so nip you it track in the bud. them. Yeah, you, you know where your children are at every single minute of the day. This is what parents can do on phones. So I still do. I still do in my my kids are in their 20s. You're still tracking them all the time? <laughs> no, I don't track them, but just in case. And I always get, I, I need an explanation if they stop me being find my friend. I'm on Find My Friend and I've only got two, my children. I still haven't accepted my dad's um, Facebook friend request, actually. Uh, It's been pending for about five or six years. He raises it every now and then, but I'm still still bouncing Why won't you accept your dad? I think it's like a hangover from a time when I had things to hide, but now I talk about all the things that I usually would have hidden on the radio and on stage in comedy shows anyway, so which they are incidentally banned from, but... I, you know, it, you're right. It's probably overkill, and th- this has been the first time I've thought about it in a while. And you've given me, you've all given me pause to think that maybe I should accept my father's f- friend request on Facebook. Uh, well, I'm no, surprised no, that your dad and... hasn't worked out that he just makes a new account and hacks in as like some cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan of your comedy. My name's Bill, not your dad, Johnson. <laughs> oh, I love flattery too. I would 100 percent accept yeah. Bill. That would happen. <laughs> You know, I'm still not on a, like, I haven't got a private Facebook because when Facebook was coming up and everyone's going, get on Facebook, become your kids' friends. I said, I don't want to be my friends, my kids' friends on Facebook. It'd be like looking at their diary daily. I do not want to know where they are, you know, and what they're doing. I mean, if there's an emergency and I can't contact them, that's where the phone comes in. But I don't want to see photos of them down the pier and necking bot. Oh, no. And I think it's, I think it's very wise to keep a distance. Jean, is this your, your way of saying that you've got stuff to hide from your kids? Oh, of course. <laughs> of yeah, course. Are, they, are they stalking you on the phone? On the phones, my friends? Are they tracking you Maybe all the time? Yeah, yeah, but they look at, they take my phone and go, do flick through the photos. But luckily, every so often, there's a photo of a wound on my mother's foot or shoulder <laughs> or face, and they nearly vomit. And they go, oh, great. So they never flick through my photos anymore. 
That'll learn them, won't it? That's just that too learn. many parts of Gene we just don't want to see on the phone, thanks. But man. also, but just yeah. quietly, Gene, after the show, could you text me a couple of those? <laughs> <laughs> so I Happily. can protect my phone, please. Your voice is no longer sexy after that comment, Tommy. <laughs> Definitely not. I'm an interest in elderly medicine. Yeah. Were you were you a good friend, th- friend though, Ange, with your kids when you were little? Like, would you have been able to find two friends? Man, bubble? you've just sailed really close to a nerve there. This whole announcement gave me some throwback anxiety, to be honest. Like, I don't, this is like the school formal all over again, yeah. except instead of having to find one person who wants to spend a few hours at a time with you, you've got to find two and they've got to agree to it, right? It's got to yeah. be like, then you're locked in. And it's then you're like locked a, in, you've got to stick it, to it. Yeah. yeah. Like I was, you know, the formal was rough for me. Like I was real slow off the mark. And then I, you know, I vividly remember making a list of all the available candidates who were left. There was about six having to list their pros and cons, you know, like how badly they smelled. I ended up with a lovely boy named Andrew who had like tight um, red, red, red ringlets um, he was a lovely boy, but you know, I, I look, as I say, it was a very anxiety making announcement. I've traumatized you by Thank asking you this question. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Like we, did you have lots of friends, Jean Kitson, or would this have been really hard for you to find your two for your oh, bubble? This is triggering. That's for sure. Because the popular kids will be getting all these texts, pick me, pick me. And then the <laughs> mothers will go into sort of social media lobbying frenzy overdrive because <laughs> the mothers will want, you know, like the kids' bubble to also be a benefit to them in some way, like the mum who likes a glass of wine after, you know, home. And then you've got to, like, maybe the whole, you know, the popular kids at school aren't the popular kids that are homeschooled. Like, you'd want to pick the kid with the pool. And, mm. like, you'd want to pick the kid with the dad, like Tommy, who makes all these cookies, wouldn't mm. you? So mm. suddenly, maybe, you know, what's popular might change with being at home rather than in the playground. I hadn't even thought of the parent angle, Jean. You know, like, what if your kid is friends with the kid who has, like, unfun parents? Like you just are not not much for the conversation, you know. Then you can't meet the parents anyway. You have to drop and run. Really? The parents come into the bubble. This is a bubble for 18 and under strictly. Mm. Where do you drop them? No, they're at home, surely. You, oh, I see. The parents aren't allowed uh, in. Yes, the parents oh, aren't allowed in. They have okay. to drop and run. Yeah. Have you been over? Have you had your bubbles this week, Tommy? Well, yeah, it's, it's just started today. In fact, they are, they're all out on bubble picnics. Um, they did it quite smoothly, which I was quite surprised by because... Like Anne just mentioned, uh, I just feel like the pressure to choose the three is so great. Mm. Uh, like, mm. you know, I, I came from the 80s. I went to high school in the 80s, and it was very click-oriented. It was very John Hughes movie-defined. And <laughs> you were sort of set up by the tribe that you dressed like, you know, the cowboys or the punks or the mods. <laughs> what were you? And, uh, I kind of, I, I happily, I was a, I was a tribe kind of, flowed in between all of them by being a nerd mostly <laughs> you're pretty in pink <laughs> so i was uh but I mean, it just feels like even like the three musketeers i mean imagine d'artagnan trying to get in it, would, it wouldn't have yeah. happened if they had had a have bubble. to fill out a form yeah like all <laughs> the, the other three would be like sorry buddy uh we have our three we are already a musketeer bubble and there is no way and he saved them so many times as well so many times that's you what know? i mean it would just would have ruined everything yeah Exactly. I'm These like numbers Zorro. are so random, you know. I've hated all of the numbers. The three friends, the five on a picnic. 
It's just random, isn't it? And if you're not a friend anymore, then what happens? What if someone turns around and goes, hey, you were in my bubble, but you're out, then then do you have to fill out forms in triplicate to actually remove like a car. from the bubble? I'd like to support my because I'm going to submit my form of disposal for friend number two. I have to say, though, you know, you can be a glass half full or a glass half empty person about the odd numbers because it is always weirdly an odd number, as you're saying, Jean. And the five-person picnic... That means that you get to pick the good half of the third couple. And that can make all the difference. Oh, my gosh. This is going to lead to huge issues, isn't it? Like the social breakdown will be worse than it is in Melbourne. You're on Thank God It's Friday. Tommy Dean, Jean Kitson and Ange Lavoie-Pierre is with me on ABC Radio Sydney. Thank God it's You're on ABC Radio, Sarah McDonald filling in for Richard this week and with me, Angela Poirier, Tommy Dean, The Wheel of Death coming up very soon and Jean Kitson. Now this week we deeply offended the French. They're talking to the Americans again but we are really out in the cold. Boris Johnson's told them to get a grip. How would you woo the French and who have you disappointed in life? Now, Ange, are you French? <laughs> you sound French. Yeah, love my Pierre. I mean, it's not Japanese, is it? No. No. Uh, very French. Very French name. Can we put you on this? Yeah, well, I would like to nominate myself as, uh, as I guess, maybe a point of contact. Um, you know, you can apologise to me and I will pass it on to the French. Any compliments can come to me. Um, no, how would I woo the French? I would, I would remind them we're related uh, I would try through you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that I personally am related to them. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, forget the rest of the country. I'm oh, here right. to save myself. Uh-huh. They're, you know, you could be our gonna, ambassador and save us. Yeah, I think it'd be a pretty tough job at the moment. Um, I'm just trying to keep in good with the French. I'm not. I, I don't know that the rest of Australia has much of a chance, but I've got a pretty good chance. <laughs> uh, Saves I, herself. Yeah. Well, I I never claimed to be brave. Um, <laughs> I I do I do. Speak a little French though, because I do. I did spend like a, all my, I was gonna say, just all my life with people asking me because they're like, question one, are you French? Question two, do you speak French? Yes. And I had to say no for a long time. And so my my like pandemic project, you know, some people tried to read War and Peace. I tried to learn French. Turns out War and Peace probably would have been an easier option. <laughs> they have a lot of tenses, like thirty something tenses. The last time I checked. Um, but it's going okay, you know. It's it's like sometimes some days I don't have the strength to go in and do it because um, because I use this I use this app. It's quite a well known app. It's called Duolingo, um, and uh, this is not an ad for Duolingo because let me tell you, the longer you stay with this app, it gets weird. It gets um, it gets like horny and it gets mean. <laughs> That sounds like French. Yeah, it, yeah, pretty much. It's, maybe it's just the French bit of the app. I don't know. But what can ta- you say that's kind of weird well, and horny? It's taught me to say. It's taught me to say some really devastating things about myself, like that because it, it, it's supposedly randomly generated, right? So it tells you here, learn how to say this. But you start to wonder after a while when it tells you because I've memorized these because they're they're seared into my memory. LLSD toute sa vie. Apologize to any. Uh, actual French speakers in the audience, but uh, that means she stayed single all her life. (laughs) (laughs) They thought that might come in handy. Uh, There's uh, uh, pourquoi as-tu honte de toi, which is why are you ashamed of yourself? Not are you ashamed of yourself, why are you ashamed of yourself? They've skipped straight over the bit where they wonder whether or not I'm ashamed of myself. Not one for Macron right now. 
No. Well, I don't. It's funny because I don't know how much the French really feel shame. Um, but ont, ont, H O N T E, if you're, if you're ever wondering, hard up to explain that to the French. Maybe that's something we could be saying to them. Maybe I should, maybe I should be the ambassador. We're ashamed. You know, new I songs, think your French new songs on tape. <laughs> bit more work there. <laughs> what are you saying? I'm quite proud right. of that. Tommy, you've given the French a call for us, have you? Oh, I had to check in because I don't, I've never been to France. I've never been to Europe. Uh, but I was, um, so I, I always fear when I discuss the French because most of my references come from movies and comedy. And it just feels like if movies are to be believed, uh, you can really offend the French just by ordering wrong in a restaurant. Mm. So I can see where <laughs> canceling a $90 billion contract would be at least on par with ordering the wrong bread to go with the wrong wine. <laughs> I could see that. But I, you know, I was just really surprised that it was all about calls. I was, I was, it just seemed so high school in the 80s. Yes. Did Scott Morrison call Macron? Yeah, so or I did called him up to see. I just was, you know, there was so much arguments about who they would actually talk to. I called France uh, to see what was going on, and, and this, is, this is the message I got. Hello, and thank you for calling France. The call is important to us. Please listen to the following menu to help us connect you to the proper department. If this is Australia, hang up now. <laughs> for cheese-related <laughs> questions, please press 1. If you need to discuss wine, please press 2. If this is a still Australia, seriously, hang up now. <laughs> if you wish to purchase discount submarines, please press 3. If this is Australia, why are you still here? Hang up. Stop calling us. We mean it. Goodbye. Oh. <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank you for trying, Tommy. I'm not sure you got yeah, through. Well, I think they're flirting with us. Do you? Deeply yeah. offended. Yeah. That's all I can take from that. I just take it that they're deeply offended. Oh, yeah. Right. I don't know. Well, I, I just tell. don't know. I don't think Australia... I mean, have we really offended the French? Has, this, has Australia... Has they offended the French by slinging them hundreds of millions of dollars to cancel buying French submarines which don't exist, haven't been built, haven't been planned, they're not even a scribble on a beer mat, and they wouldn't turn up before like 2050 or 2060 at the latest possibly. So naturally, you know, like... I know a lot of people are saying we've offended them. And a lot of people are saying, um, how, how can you do this to an ally? You know, which is weird. This is not the right way to treat an ally. But an ally, really? I mean, the last time Australia and France were allies was in World War I. In World War II, Australians were fighting the Vichy French in Syria. And then the next time we noticed the French, they were letting off atomic bomb bombs in Muroroa Atoll and telling Australia to suck it up. <laughs> and so, you know, like I don't really think we've offended them, but if we have, it's very easy, very easy to get the French back on side. You just flatter them and you pamper them. You say, oh, mon Dieu, you know, vive la France. Your women are impossibly stylish and chic. Your men are mis Serious and sexy and masculine and with a hint of garlic. Your language, your cheeses, your fluffy bread, your wine, your food are truly formidable. You know, your bicycle 
competition. It's the longest and hardest in the world, <laughs> if you know what I mean. The movies are blah, 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 you know, and then the French will accept your apology and let, then let you massage their feet. <laughs> I think Jean's done it. She's our next diplomat. She's uh, she's definitely at it. That's, she's meant that's to good. No worries. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. Can you say something sexy Merci. and weird in any language, uh, any of you? Because my son was learning Duolingo Italian and he learned to say an angel has lost, an angel has fallen from heaven and you are on oh. the earth. So, yeah, he's only 16, oh. but he can go to oh. Italy and flirt if he can ever <laughs> going to be able to pick up the, a very elderly lady with that line. <laughs> it's going to work really well for him. <laughs> a friend of mine learned in Russian, there are elephants in my garden. Oh. I don't know why, but that was one of the lessons. I've got, I don't think that will help. I mean, I, I, another one that Duolingo fed me was Mon Ver et Vide, which is my glass is empty. That's important. Oh, now that's that will one. be handy. That I will think. be useful. Yeah. Mm. if we ever have champagne in France again. Well, we do the Wheel of Death, the topic yes. sent in, Tommy, for you today, Tommy Dean, from our lovely listeners are kebab, seaweed, uh, pet rock, okay, that's weird, bagpipes, sandcastle, broccoli, because we were talking about vegetables earlier on, hair grooming, fingerprint, Lego, pogo stick, bed bugs, chicken salt, footy fever and smiles. Which of those do not sound good to you? Well, they all sound enticing in some fashion or another, but uh, I wanted to say, for the record, in case it doesn't spin out, I had a pet rock. So I'm excited <laughs> That's the to one talk about pure and entrepreneurial <laughs> capitalism that spawned one of the great pet industries wow. of the late 70s. You would never have been in a friendship bubble if you hung out with pet rocks. All right, well, I give it a spin with my good arm. Let's go. Around it goes. I hope I didn't spin it too hard. Oh, no, <gasps> stopping. No pet rocks. You got hair grooming, Tommy Dean. Oh, well, also another, another topic. <laughs> Favorite. So incredibly close to my heart. I've put a bunch of it on my face now because my, I got so bored with just doing my hair. I, I added a goatee. You can't see this on the radio, but I've got a classic two-tone goatee working. And yeah. uh, so I just, I think I need. There's hardly help. any face visible, to be honest. I know. It's crazy. I'm, yeah. uh, my feeling, though, is I, I, there's so many chic goatees you know like arch villains sport them uh really excellent baristas sport them <laughs> and uh, the more mine comes out i'm like oh man at, my, at best i'm gonna be like an extra in a bikey movie or a like a mall santa claus at a really <laughs> terrible mall <laughs> but it's exciting uh i love i love uh the the art of the hair i grew long hair on purpose a lot of people think it was for uh, classic peacock reasons, but the reality was I simply loved the way it adorned the back of my neck. You know, you just always know life is in motion if your hair is slowly and subtly jostling <laughs> the tender skin <laughs> on the back of the neck. Oh, so delightful. Uh, and it's uh, opened up a world, a world that might not have been opened to me had I gone the classic crew cut route. Uh, I am now deeply aware of the various sciences that are brought to bear in tricking us into buying a variety of hair care products. Uh, I, I particularly am, I find it, I still am stunted when I go to buy a new bottle of shampoo, uh, which level of moisturizing I require. 
uh, because there's dry hair, extremely dry hair, damaged dry hair, colored damaged dry hair, uh, just colored hair. And it, it, I'm not I'm not sure. Uh, I used to think that I could tell by touch. Uh, I can I can tell a steak's doneness by fingertip control. Uh, but I still lack the sensitivity in my digits to work out exactly how much moisture is lacking from the ends of my long hair. So I just, I just go with super moisturizer and hope. <laughs> and hope. <laughs> Have you ever used a mask on your hair? A hair mask? You got seen one of those? Oh, no. No, no, I don't know what that is. No, I oh, do no, not. Oh, no, yeah, it's a, an intense moisturizing thing. This is the next step. You can buy. Tommy, there's a whole new world of masks that don't go across your face. They go on your hair. But it was the exciting news. It's also, you know, I loved uh, going to salons. Uh, Through all the talk that salons are, you know, shut down in lockdown, uh, that is one of the few things that the world of openness calls to me. I desperately miss going to the beautician, and mostly for the surprise. That's exactly the, what, uh, you know, you know you're going to get a haircut. Uh, you get your hair washed, uh, sometimes in oil conditioning, uh, which I find quite delightful. Uh, the little head massage, a little extra bonus. Uh, it always feels naughty. Um, <laughs> they always, it's always like about like two minutes into it. She's like, are you married? And I'm like, whoa, I don't know that that's the question for now. Just, <laughs> just let me enjoy this five minutes. It's so different oh. for men. For women, I mean, we go in and it's just a matter of the degree to which we're going to be shamed. The question is, oh, how long? How long since you've had your hair cut? And there's no correct answer. The correct answer is like, I was here two weeks ago. And I like, I, th- I assume because like whatever I've said in the past has never been the correct answer. It's always just... Oh. Like it, like it, like like you, like the aunt in your family that liked you least, you know, like just that vibe at you, mm. yeah. and the way they touch it, you know. But I'm assuming like, women know though. Pick it up and more across. My favorite moment though is when it's all done, regardless of the quality or excitement of the situation. I'm deeply shocked every time when she says, "And that will cost," and then says a number. <laughs> And the number is never the same as the number I've heard previously. It's always a different number. And it's always quite a shocking number. And it always throws me off. They... The worst one was in Melbourne. Uh, we were in Melbourne a few years ago for a holiday. And my wife and I, she, we were staying in a hotel. And I said, I'm going to go get my hair cut real quick. I'll meet you at this fancy restaurant that we had all picked out. And I went and got my hair done. And then I went, how much is that? And then she told me. And then I had to call my wife and say, meet me at McDonald's. <laughs> They no adjust dinner it. tonight for you. Their lunch plan has changed. They adjust it for how nice the head massage was, Tommy. That's what I'm starting to think. <laughs> or whether you said don't ask a marriage question, which is really creepy, actually. <laughs> it's so creepy. Mm. They just add something. Yeah. Well, if you said you weren't married, though, maybe it might have been a lot cheaper. Does he live? I think he lives on he Thank lives. God It's Friday. Definitely need to take a couple of inches off the back, that's for sure. Do you? Well, then you won't be able to swing it so well and do the flick, you know, uh, that's the thing. Slowly shrinking, but uh, gosh, mm-hmm. I can feel the dryness now. Yeah, he's got a beautiful head of hair. Now, this week, employers indicated they will move to video cover letters, and this goes to your hair a little bit, I suppose, Tommy Dean. This will mean you will have to pitch yourself in a job application. Do your looks represent your skills and your talent, Jane Kitson? Well, actually... 
doctors have had to pitch themselves for jobs with video recordings for years. In fact, they're called sizzle reels. Reels. Sizzle reels. Or, so that, reels, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sizzle reels or sizzle tapes. That's how long we've had to be pitching ourselves for jobs with a video. I mean, it's really depressing, I have to say. And, and I n- never got one together over my entire lifetime, but everybody always asks me for one. And if you're a comedian... You have to, it's wise to include a couple of jokes in your sizzle reel. And I guess if you're working for, you know, you're going for a job in a bank, you'd want to, I don't know, sit in front of some spreadsheets. I'm not sure, but (laughs) you just got to create the ambience if you, you know, like you just, and the thing is from home now, because everything's from home, if you're going to do your video CV thing from home, be careful about your home environment. It's important that you curate your home environment. Just be aware of what's behind you. So if you're standing in front of your iPhone going, oh, hello, my name's blah, 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 and I want to apply for the job in the bank and, you know, I get on really well with tellers and I've used banks all my life and, you know, my first gift was a little money box and, you know, I used to go. <laughs> through mum's purse or whatever you say to get a job at a bank and then just make sure that like you look around you and you hide don't don't have any more than three gin bottles on display mm, good and advice don't do your video in your pajamas unless they're like your formal pajamas that mm. Have like ones. Toy Story characters, yeah, yeah okay. furry ones, fluffy yeah. <laughs> Toy Story. That's silky ones, and you know, make sure the dog doesn't stop for a cameo appearance, you know, in the middle of it and lick his balls or something. Like my dog's just come in this very minute and has gone behind the power box. I don't know whether he's going to knock out all the plugs, probably. And um, you know, make sure any random singles in your bubble don't walk past. And mm. yeah. oh, oh, yes. he did. He just knocked out a cord. Oh, <laughs> we can still hear you. We've can still you hear got me you. Right. Yes, we do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I would suggest yeah. in making a sizzle reel mm. for yourself. Have you got advice, Ange, for how to make a sizzle reel to get a job in the future? I reckon, like lowball it. You know, like if you're if you've got a if you've got to appear at the same time as you sort of introduce yourself and sort of say, like, I think I'd be good for this job, if you use your appearance as an opportunity to manage expectations and then wildly exceed them, I think that's... (laughs) Oh, so look terrible. So show up in your, like... Like your holy pajamas, not your like. Don't put the Toy Story on. Put your, wear your holy pajamas. Have get all the pets in the frame. Um, you know, anyone you've had stay over. Invite some more around. You know, like get get everyone together um, and sort of and then and then hit it out of the park. Right, but yeah. it is illegal to have anyone stay over right now unless you're in a relationship. Right, so don't break the law. Obviously, Good obviously. I would never say suggest that. But if you have broken the law, what I'm saying is it won't hurt to project <laughs> that and then exceed the expectation that you've immediately set out by creating. If you get the interview. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's the question, right? Do you get the interview? You, you know, this is the, this is the issue. You've got, to, you've got to impress a little bit. I also just don't know yeah. if we want to be, like, running everyone through this filter. Like, it was kind of like when we, we, you know, every when we did, had less news, like when we didn't actually have news to talk about and we were back when we used to make up the news. Um, 
that we used to sort of apply these weird standards to people in different professions. We'd be like, oh, this footballer's not smart enough or this, this prime minister's not cool enough. Like, we don't need everyone to be, like, razzle-dazzle on the screen. Like, I don't care if my surgeon is razzle-dazzle, you know? Yeah. I want him to have a steady, bloody hand. <laughs> That's what I want. Tommy? Well, you got to be careful. I and know he's uh, left from his right. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely. I think dangerous times. It's uh, you don't want it to be a cult of uh, pure personality in every job. Uh, like Ange said, you know, if I go to a bank, you know, I don't really want razzle dazzle behind the counter. I just want her to <laughs> put the money in properly. That'd be nice. Hand <laughs> it over. But if I had to give advice, um, make sure you edit your 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 sizzle reel. Like have a good look at it before you send it. I say this because years ago, my dad had to do this. This was like 1991, but he had me film a... This is back when you filmed on the videotape. And he had to do, send a video ad in, and he worked in the banking industry. So he filmed his oh. interview questions. And then I hadn't realized that the camera was still rolling, and he had set up in a classic Zoom meeting look with a suit jacket <laughs> and a tie. And then he stood up, and he was just wearing shorts, <laughs> which, which looked like underpants. Least and then walk out of frame, and then, and then we didn't even realize that we had left that in until the bank <laughs> called and said, uh, we won't be interviewing in. By the way, put some pants on. Oh. <laughs> Tommy Dean, Jean Kitson, and Angela Foppierre. Oh. It is five minutes to six on ABC Radio. With Thank God It's Friday. Look, before we finish, I want to hear about what could have been, I suppose, you know, the thing of your childhood. Look, schools want better ventilation. They they are really keen for kids, of course, not to get COVID at school. What could have made your school better? Or I want to hear from you before we go, what kind of side hassle did you have when you were at school? Because as I said, you know, Kate McClymon, she sold $1 arguments and insults when she was at uni. We had a caller yesterday, Belinda from Kalara. She would charge $1 for a knit from her hair so people could go to the school <laughs> office and get out of school for the rest of the day. <laughs> so what could have made your school better and what was your side hustle? And did you have a side hustle? Oh, I had such a side hustle because we had shooks, right? And so I used to collect all the eggs, like to the point that my family didn't have eggs to eat. I would be like, nah, these aren't going to the cause. The cause was whatever CDs I wanted to buy. Um, but, you know, they were going to the cause and I'd take them in and I'd flog them to the staff. And it was a bargain, frankly, because they're organic eggs and they're yeah. two, they were two fifty for a dozen. But and the thing is, though, um, we had a rooster and... <laughs> Look, normally that was fine because, you know, if you've had chooks, you, you know, and if you've had a rooster, that's, it's just a little, sometimes if the eggs fertilise, a little red spot on top of the yolk, that's fine. You scoop it out. No, you know, near the bother. It's fine. Um, but uh, if you leave it, it, it will grow <laughs> into a chicken. Anyway, look, this is a, a roundabout way of saying that I did, uh, sell a chicken fetus to my English teacher's youngest daughter and she she opened it up at the breakfast table and it was there and it was uh, she was a vegan after that. <laughs> so, <laughs> had a mother boiled it for her? What are we talking here? It was boiled. Oh, it was oh, boiled. No. <laughs> it cracked open oh. the top. And I'm so oh, sorry, everyone. I hope Hell. you're not cooking right now, people. This is terrible. Jane, did you have a, a side hustle? What kind of a kid were you? 
Oh, yeah. I had lots in, in primary school, nothing in high school, really, nothing. But lots in primary school. I made um, twitties, which was sort of a frivolity for the foot. I did um, poetry recitals with my friend across the road for all the elderly people who lived in the street. We'd go and make them come and listen to us and pay us money. Well, how much like did you charge? Oh, I don't know, but we, and we, we must have made oh, maybe eight shillings. Or like a shillings, we're talking shillings. One day we dressed up as nurses, and I think I've told this story before, but we dressed up as nurses and we went round to all the neighbours getting money for the new Royal Children's Hospital, which has since been pulled down. That's how long ago it was. There's a new, new Royal. Anyway, we um, raised one pound and five shillings or something, and we got a note back saying, thank you very much, you paid for a window and a brick in the new children's hospital. And I used to go past the children's hospital and think to myself, God, you know, if we hadn't raised that money, there'd be a hole in the side of that building. (laughs) (laughs) But I since found out my daughter does, when she was at high school, she and her friend used to put paint on bruises on kids' legs to get out of school, saying they'd fallen over. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's That's good. That's a good one, isn't it? Yes. Tommy, did you sell your pet rocks? And what did you charge? No, probably, but just as scammy. uh, My next-door neighbour was a young girl named Sally, and she was delightfully cute at uh, eight years old. And we would sell lemonade out the front and everyone would buy the lemonade. And we would set three lemons on the table and then just sell water. And nobody ever complained. It's <laughs> oh. <laughs> massively, massively so scammy. bad conduct. That's so a, scammy. Oh, so I'm calling this. My gosh, you never got busted? No, no one ever called us out at all. I don't know if they just thought it was extra funny that we were running such a scam or... I tell but, you, uh, cute. Delinquent. Yeah, cute. Look I would cute be impressed if a kid scammed me that severely. I would, I would just give it to them. Mm. That's where I think the delight yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a wonder you didn't end up as a CEO. A of <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think? Will Richard ever let me do? Thank God it's Friday again. Yes. yes. You're the winner. Now the real question, Sarah, is will we ever let Richard come back? Oh. Mm. That's how well yes. you did. I did notice that just out of some sort of contractual obligation, he left his voice in. On the Tommy Emmanuel tape, just to remind everyone. He did. He owns the segment. He owns, thank God it's Friday, and so do you, and I want to thank you all so much for helping me through this afternoon. I'm quivering in my boots, but I've really enjoyed it so much. You're winner of the week. Well done. McDonald, winner of the week. Tommy Dean, I forgot to do the winners and the losers, but. That's why I threw it in there. Do you think I want you to feel bad? Yeah, thank you. That's good. Tommy Dean, Jean Kitson, and Ange Lavoie-Pierre coming up to the news on ABC Radio. Eggs and lemonade for everyone. Have a great weekend.